My name ain't shit there, so yeah, you better throw four hands out there. <laughs> you are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we recap your NXT TakeOver Portland, which was a strong show. AEW has a killer mini pay-per-view on a Wednesday night. Raw and SmackDown, well, Raw was good. SmackDown was uh, not so good. That's and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. We got that thing at the beginning, you saying you ain't shit there. (laughs) (laughs) Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band for Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vakey, a.k.a. Jobby Hurley. And to my left. I know, that's a string of sports ones that Zach's just not going to get. To my left, we have two beers, Zach Pullman. What's going on, two beers, Zach? It's impossible to get a pop from me like that. (laughs) I'm sorry. You've got to talk to Vice about that, man. How are you, Zach? I'm doing okay, man. I got... uh Sick kids, so it was a near thing. I almost missed again this week. Dexter was home from school today. He was sick, and uh, my daughters were both sick earlier in the week. So yeah, it's been a it's been a bummer. Don't they know that Thursdays are for podcasting? I know it's very selfish of them. <laughs> and to his left, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? How dare they disrupt the flow? Allow us to bow our heads as I pull down the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume One Four Three. Chapter 3, verse 14, the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe. Ah, listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. I hope you feel better, babe. Call me if you need me. Um, She's sick, too? Yeah, well, it's it's a different sick. Uh, Coronavirus? <laughs> it ain't that bad. Um, it, it's not that bad right now. If she's in the ER, she's, going, she's getting checked out, so, you know... Prayers, shout out to my girl. She'll be fine. She's a little tough girl. She'll be all right. Um, you guys sounded like you had a lot of fun without me here last week. Never. That was uh, pretty terrible to hear. No. <laughs> who would dare suggest that Bill and I actually got along and didn't try to kill each other for an hour and a half? Never. I think I might have said on the podcast, see, we don't need Zach. <laughs> <laughs> you actually did. But he says that about me, too. So, I mean, you know, you just got to take it with a grain of salt. And then I, I think you guys spent like a solid minute talking about how you literally don't need me on the podcast. No, no. <laughs> like Weird. he wasn't even going to be a part of this thing to begin with. <laughs> we did talk about that. No, uh, I don't remember that at all. We are coming at you from my cold basement here in South City, St. Louis. A uh, bunch of stuff to get to tonight. I tell you what, I, I'm a little low energy, guys. I threw my back out. Hashtag this is 40. Um, it's not, uh, it's not, it hasn't been pleasant. It hasn't been a pleasant few days. So I am See? on some uh, drugs. See, and all, not, them, all them old jokes not, throughout not, the, the podcast. No, they're coming yeah. back to get me. They're coming back to get me. <laughs> okay. Kind of like takeover over here getting ready to biting that ass so you guys are gonna have to i'm low energy you guys are gonna have to take control of this thing uh jason why don't you tell us about fb eatery fb eatery on the corner of 3453 southampton southampton and marquette if you are in the looking for the mood of smash burgers that is the place to be check out my boy mike go on facebook follow him on facebook twitter instagram you can see all the deliciousness in front of you if that doesn't do it 
I don't know what will. Take your ass down on the 3453 F&B. Oh, I'm sorry, 3453 Southampton F&B Eatery. Tell them that Bam from Ringside sent you. It was pretty tough. I have to. I can drive by F&B on the way here. Oh, yeah, for sure. And today I did, and I was like, oh. Yep. Man. Yep. I had eaten at, like, late lunch, like, you know, just like a few hours ago, and I still almost stopped. You were going to do a bang bang. I huh? was going to smash, yeah. Going <laughs> <laughs> to do a bang bang, two meals right in a row. <laughs> that's that's like... my power move, man. I was doing that before Louie. I was about to say, get it to go. You got gift cards. If you know people that love F&B Eatery, people that love Smash Burgers, you can't get it to them, give them the gift card. Let them get it for themselves. Plenty of places, plenty of ways to do it, plenty of avenues to do it. Check it out. Like I said, telling the band for ringside century. And that's going to bring it to our three counts. One, two, three. Jason, what you got? We're going to jump back to Sunday night. Weird to say Sunday night and take over in the same sentence. But nonetheless, I think take over. Portland kind of took over for a main event pay-per-view. It set up as such and led off with Keith Lee and Donovan Dijakovic, front of me of the show, starting off the show. So that's where I was like, okay, so this is how we're going to do it. And it kept on rolling from there. Um, I'm just going to assume that everyone saw this, so we're not going to go really too in-depth off the jump. But as I'm looking at Finn Bauer and Johnny Gargano, I think that's probably a good place to spot because start for me because this for me was probably one of my favorite matches of the night. Uh, obviously, Finn Bauer wins there. Uh, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai in the street fight was a low point, not even a low point, but the bar was low for me. Better choice of words, and they superseded it all the way up until the very end with the great. the uh, the spot on top where they missed the table, which if executed, that had been the cherry on top of the cake for that match. Obviously, uh, Gargano coming back at the end with stealing Goy away from Ciampa was a the swerve that you didn't have to wait for the credits for. Um, that was a surprise. I would be lying if I said it, it wasn't a surprise from there. Everything else pretty much went to script. Uh, Charlotte came out and attacked Rhea Ripley, so, you know, you had the check mark there. Broser Waits uh, took the titles away from Fish and O'Reilly. You know, not a huge fan of that, but I get it. Uh, check mark there. Um, Adam Cole obviously retains after that point. So, for me, it, it it was a really, really good show. Dare I say great. Um I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it. I mean, it it really was a very, very good show. It was great to see it on a Sunday versus a Saturday just for selfish reasons alone. But all in all, the, TakeOver Portland pretty much regained the momentum that we were complaining about from the, uh, the TakeOvers from the last couple of TakeOvers where, you know – is TakeOver starting to slide a little bit? Let's just put that little story to rest. TakeOver Portland regained the momentum. Good, dare I say, great show, depending on what you like, what you don't like. But please, by all means, go ahead. Yeah, that's uh, the takeaway for me is I was down in the last couple TakeOvers because we had this ridiculous string of every takeover being better than the previous takeover. I mean, pretty much the entire time we were doing the podcast, right? Yeah. And then they just had a couple, like, really good shows instead of, like, amazing shows. So 
still nothing to be sad about, but this really kind of brought back the tradition of TakeOver completely blowing your mind. Um, there is definitely a certain style to these TakeOvers, and I love that they're shorter, even though this one was six matches instead of five. It still moved at a brisk pace. Uh, the work rate was fantastic. You could argue maybe a couple of the angles. Like, I didn't love the interference in the Tegan Knox-Dakota Kai match because that's like a blood feud situation, right? Uh, it did lead to a cage match on NXT TV that's going to happen in a couple weeks, so that's okay. But I didn't love the interference. I loved the match up until that point. Okay, here's my question because maybe I'm incorrect on this. Now, I guess it's now Raquel Gonzalez. Did yes. she lose to Tegan Knox? Is that right? Or I don't it, remember in the, okay, the May Young Classic. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. Because I was going to say, but I thought Tegan lost pretty early because she got hurt. Hurt pretty early. early. So that's why. That's my only thing. I can. I can even overlook the interference, but it, it had to make sense. And yeah. if it didn't, and now that you're saying the promo she cut on Wednesday didn't mention that no. at all. It was a terrible promo, but it's the basic. You know. I'm hating on you because you're you promo. You know, yeah. you're ahead of me, blah, blah, blah. I thought okay, it was Sonya right. Deville because she looks exactly like Sonya Deville, like a bigger, yeah, yeah. bigger Sonya yeah, Deville. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Which, that would have been interesting. But anyway, um, so there was that, and then, uh, you know, we got the big angle with Gargano and all the interference and stuff, and that that match was awesome, but it was definitely a certain style, like, takeover. Like, I could see some people watching that match and being like, yo, this is too much. Cole just hit a Panama yeah, you know, sunrise. Bill, like Bill rolling over in his grave. Yeah, <laughs> he fucking hits this thing off of an announce table onto the floor, and like Chapa, like essentially no sells it. And this is a dude that just came back from neck, neck surgery. surgery. So I mean, but at the same time, the crowd was super hot. I was popping, you know, for like the entire show. So I mean, if it works, it works. I'm not going to be this old man yelling at the cloud, you know, like Jim Cornette and saying they're killing the business or anything like that. It worked. But it was definitely it, – it's, it's, it's its own style. And if you love it, you love it. But I can understand different strokes for different folks. But watching this match again, it's just, like, clearly evident that these guys are so good, Gargano and Balor. This is like a master class of just, of just professional wrestling. Mm. Yeah, I think that Balor-Gargano was my match of the night. Um, maybe for the reason that you're saying, maybe just because – I mean, when's the last time we saw Balor get to just really fucking cut loose like he cut loose in this match? Yeah, like, I mean, it was like it, uh, the and match. Garg- and when's the last time he fought against somebody that's this good and got this much time? It makes me think of the UK takeover where he surprised everybody and showed up to face Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like the last time. Yeah. Um, and this one, this match is probably 10 minutes longer. Yeah. I forget how long. I mean, wasn't this match over 30 minutes? It felt like it was between 20 and 30 minutes, but, I mean, it just it told the story, you know, that Finn Balor, the prince, is back. Right. And They now even he, said it. They even, like, Nigel is even saying the prince. Prince is back, you know what I'm saying? And now he's defeated, you know, arguably the guy that represents TakeOver in Johnny Gargano. You know, next week it's, you know, Who's who's Finn? You know, gunning after next. This is why I said last week it was kind of important for Finn to win because now it reinforces his heel character 
and now he seems more of a credible threat to the title, any title. Obviously, Adam Cole is probably the one we are thinking about, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, took a, uh, a shot at uh, Keith Lee, even though Dijakovic is, you know, basically clamoring for another rematch, which I'll just say this. I would love to see the rematch, just not right away. That's the only thing. If you can put this off another month somehow. Which rematch are you talking about? Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. After the Keith Lee, after Keith Lee came out and squashed Kona Reeves, Dijakovic comes out and basically was like, you know, I'm not done with you. We need to have another rematch. Keith Lee basically was like, you know, we can do this all day if you want to. You know, the crowd's chanting, fight forever, fight forever. Keith Lee acknowledges that, and he was like, you know, if you could talk, you know, Mr. Regal into it, I'm all for it, and basically leaves the ring. So that rematch is now being teased. But that's going to be there is a there is a takeover at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I think that Balor beating Gargano and Gargano coming out and ruining it for Champa means that we're going to get the Champa Gargano four that we've been waiting for, and it's going to be Adam Cole versus Balor at WrestleMania. That's I mean, what I assume, too. And yeah. then they, they might as well have Keith Lee and Dijakovic uh, one more time at WrestleMania, have Di- Dijakovic go no, over. That, that's, that's fine. Have Dijakovic go over. If you and want to, that's Keith great. Lee show up on Raw the next night or the, that Monday. I Slow mean, down, man. Keith, Damn. I, no, Keith Lee is he is ready for he is ready I'm for not, Raw. I'm not saying that. I'm ready not, for the I, bigger no, audience. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not, not going to say the big leagues because there are three brands, but it's certainly a bigger audience that watches Raw than watches NXT. I think Vince wants him too is the main thing. So I could see that happening and I think uh I think it would be appropriate and I as long as, you know, he was treated well and the Vince is high on him then Hopefully it would be. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we're going to get Balor, Cole, Gargano, Ciampa. And, you know, I'm definitely all for Gargano, Ciampa. But, no, it's got to happen. Uh, and it's also a more interesting dynamic because this time Ciampa's the baby face right. and Gargano's the heel. So, right. you know, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, we saw two years of this. And we did, but there was, like, injuries and delay. And it sounds to me like it's going to be a loser leaves town match because Ciampa said, my – dreams can't happen with Johnny Gargano in NXT. Mm-mm. So, I mean, these are two guys that neither one of them you want to go to the main <laughs> roster. Look, <laughs> we've basically done with Champion and Gargano basically everything we could possibly imagine. Yeah. This is the one thing that can top everything else stepwise that you could throw out. Yeah. This is it. Yep. That's why if, I think if it's you okay. want to throw that out there, just shit. I'm all for it. Let's get it on. Because who knows? I mean, Gargano, like, he's been injury riddled. And I mean, like, you guys know he's my favorite, like, in ring wrestler, but I could see him just living down in Florida and training at the performance center and being done in the ring. You know, if he did a loser leaves town, he sure is shit not gonna go to the main roster and have success. Fuck no. So, I mean, neither one of these guys wants to go to the main roster. So I could see that being a thing. And Champa with the neck surgery, he doesn't have long, you know, yeah, okay. longevity either. I was gonna so. hear you say there is Johnny Gargano would have no love on the main roster. He would be he would have to immediately be mid card and stay in mid card. He'd put him on two oh five live even if they canceled two oh five live. Well, I mean, 
Can I go cancel 205 Live? I mean, this is just another, I know I say it every few, every few months or so, but this is another reason why they should probably have an offseason for some of these guys. Like, just let, after WrestleMania, why don't you just let Gargano take a couple months off, you know? Let him rest a little bit, let him heal up a little bit, then you come back, come back hot SummerSlam, then you got another nine months with him where he's hot as shit. And also, this is why I really like the Charlotte Flair segue in the Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley I really like that Charlotte Flair is going to NXT to start fucking shit up because it's the third brand. They should all move, like, just have them all move fluidly. Just have the style be for the specific show. Like, if if one of these guys, if Keith Lee's going to go up to Raw for a while, just have them, they can do the Raw-style storytelling. Just send someone else down to NXT. I should stop saying down and up, but send somebody to NXT and let them wrestle, like actually wrestle at a takeover, you know? That's... Performance Center is in the South, so I still say down because, like, you're physically going down well, that's into not, the country. I, yeah, that's, I I mean, plausible deniability, that's what I meant, too. <laughs> what I actually meant was down to the minor leagues, even though we know that it's not the minor leagues. Um, Charlotte Flair comes out after Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair have a good match. Uh you know, a really good match, and oh, Charlotte Flair, no. it's, you didn't like it? If the, if there is the negative for me personally, this was the low point of the night. I, I guess I just expected a little more time, perhaps. I looked up, and she hit the riptide, and it was over. I was like, well, damn, that was quick. And then it felt like Charlotte Flair was more of the story versus – Rhea versus Bianca. At least so me. you wanted more finishers getting kicked out of? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. We had plenty of that in the main event. I mean, shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> we got plenty of that all the time, man. Dijakovic really doesn't sell very well either. I mean, that's a, that's another thing. That's that Ring of Honor style stuff that where it's just selling becomes secondary. That is not my favorite either. And speaking of kicking out of finishers, uh, like Jason's right. I've been bitching forever about how finishers should be finishers and kicking out of finishers should be saved for special occasions, not kicking out of finisher after finisher after finisher. But to Zach's point, when you're watching live and you don't know the outcome and guys start kicking out of finishers, then it is exciting and it does work. And like he said, not to be Jim Cornette, that's, I was watching it here. I had a buzz on. Uh, Steve Patterson was over here. We were watching it while the, while, the, while the girls were while the girls were gabbing at the table, and we were Thanks for the invite. We were into no it. No shit, it was Sunday. We were into it. Well, I did enjoy the Sunday because, like you said, I work every Saturday night, man. Like that's if I miss every fucking New Japan show, uh, you know, unless I start it like whenever I'm counting money or whatever, right. and then I I keep it on. But yeah, it, it was nice to have a Sunday takeover. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't an invite thing, guys. It was the in-laws, and we oh. were fucking playing spades, and then when this pay-per-view started, we moved over. Oh, really? Feelings are hurt, guys. I know you guys text each other and leave me out of the text about certain, like, about AEW. Like, Jason comes in mid-conversation into my house today and starts talking with Zach about some conversation they were having previously that I wasn't privy to. But you see me getting all hurt about it? <laughs> yep. No. I just tuck it I'm way, just gonna way, way down. I'm just going to talk about it for minutes on the podcast. I'm going to tuck it way, way down inside. Suppress that shit. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to call my therapist. No shit. No, I just, I don't know. I guess 
for me, I just wanted a little more from the match itself. I'm not saying that I wanted Belair to win because I didn't expect her to win. I just I thought the match could have went a little longer. Charlotte came in, you know, answered the challenge. Okay, check, check. You know, it, for me, it's it's the it's little shit. It's not like oh my god, you know this you know, pay-per-view sucked. It's just little stuff. You know, when Gonzalez threw Tiggy Knox off the uh, the top and, you know, it clipped her, she clipped the table, and that shit looked rough. Yeah, that was I brutal. Mean, my, you know, I was, I immediately paused. Was like, oh shit, she's fucked up. You know, this is this match is over right now, and you know, obviously it ended. If she hits the table, the match still ends, but it just ends cleanly. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not worried about, oh, who is this woman that's coming off and attacking Tegan Knox? It's the little stuff. You know, the finishers, I agree with Bill totally. I'm not even going to sit up here and try to, you know, argue that shit. It it happened at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yes. That basically set the tone to where, you know, this is how we're going to do things. Fair enough. So anything I can complain about? That would be those little things. The finishers is a big thing, ultimately, but they kind of prefaced it, prefaced it off the top to say, hey, this is how we're going to do it. So, uh, Let me ask you something. Do you think the Charlotte Flair-Rhea Ripley match is going to happen at WrestleMania or at TakeOver? They said WrestleMania. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, uh, she straight up said, I know we were talking about that last time I was on the podcast, and I was like, oh, it could be at the TakeOver. But Charlotte straight up said, said I'll, I'll see, see you, you at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, Gotcha. Uh, any other lasting thoughts about this TakeOver? <sighs> I mean, I was telling Zach before Jason got here that... Huh, so you guys have the conversation when I'm not here? Well, we just don't... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> That was Jason Bell doing a Jason Bell impression. Yeah. <laughs> See, I do it much better than anybody else does. I don't know. I think my Jason Bell impression is better than your Jason Bell impression, but not my Jason, you know. Yeah, right. But um, if this takeover was one of the first takeovers, I think that we would have put it on a pedestal long ago and been like, everything's got, everything has to live up to this one because that's how fucking good it was. It's It's... Like I said, TakeOver is back, back on par to all the great TakeOvers we've gushed upon in the past. So I expect I, I TakeOver like, Tampa to be off the fucking chain. I do like the five-match format better than six matches, but still, I mean, it's it Okay, ruled. but that sixth match was Tegan Knox and uh, Dakota Kai, and that turned out to be actually, in my opinion, better than the women's uh, title match. I understand. Um I also I think the uh, going going back to the Finn Balor match, I just like that Finn Balor can be a badass and a badass heel without the demon thing, without him dressing up like the boogeyman and wearing dreads and shit like that. Dare I say cultural appropriation for all the other boogeymen out there? I mean, he's dressing up like a boogeyman. He's not a boogeyman. He's not from boogie. Oh my god. <laughs> the land of. We'll get it to our two counts. One, two, three. Two beers, Zach. What's the two count? Two count. We got the Wednesday Night Wars, which, as Bill said in the intro, this AEW show was essentially a mini pay per view. Uh, this was like one of the best wrestling shows I feel like I've ever watched. And it was like top to bottom, just. 
phenomenal. There was like one okay match, and the rest was just amazing storytelling and amazing in-ring wrestling. It was awesome. Uh, opened up with a battle royale, which usually battle royales suck ass <laughs> like all the time. And with this one, like every elimination told its own story, and they had the rules where both team members of the tag team battle royale had to be eliminated. So Nick Jackson gets eliminated pre- pretty early, and Matt's in there alone and ends up, you know, clearing house eventually and winning. Spoiler alert, but it was just great. I mean, <laughs> too late. There was a super kick from. Matt Jackson onto Sammy Guevara that ri- that rivals the Shelton Benjamin Shawn Michaels. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one I was trying to think of. Thank you. Took his fucking head, head off. Head off. Man. Oh my god. Jesus. So Bucks go on to Revolution to win, uh, or not to win to uh, wrestle the, the right the tag team champions who we did not know who it was going to be until the end of this show because we had Hangman Adam Page and Kitty Omega who are the tag team champions wrestling against uh, the uh, Lucha Brothers. So uh, before that happened, though, we had a women's match, which was okay. A really good Nyla Rose promo, which really surprised me. She did a really great job. And then we had um, the tag team match. Did that happen next? Or no, we had Jeff Cobb, John Moxley. So when I say uh, mini pay-per-view, I mean, this card was stacked. So we had Jeff Cobb, John Moxley, these guys go out, tear it up, um, have a really good match, uh, and then we have this like sequence of interference, and Moxley gets a quick pin on Cobb. They do this uh, Randy Savage Dynamite Kid spot where mm-hmm. they do like the superplex, and then Cobb superplexes Moxley, and Moxley small packages him off of that. And so it's like a classic finish, super cool. But then the inner circle comes out and starts destroying him. And then we have Darby Allen, who <laughs> 16 weeks ago, relatively nobody knew who Darby Allen was. And now Darby Allen is a fucking superstar. Oh, he got a huge pop. This There's dude no skateboards down, pop. fucking cleans house with a skateboard, hits Jericho with the skateboard, blocks a nut shot from Jake Hager with the skateboard. It was awesome. Fucking clears house. Uh, then we have that amazing tag team match. Uh, like I said, we have this fucking second best tag team match I've seen in AEW, which considering the best tag team match I ever saw in AEW was the best tag team match I think I've ever seen, which was the uh, ladder match with uh, Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, the Lucha Brothers uh, at uh, Double uh, or Nothing. Uh, uh, fucking loved it. Yeah, or maybe it was uh, all out. I can't, yeah, I think it was all out. Spot Monkey. And, uh, Guilty as charged. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the cage match with, MJ, or with uh, Wardlow and Cody, and Cody has to win a cage match in order to face MJF at Revolution. So, And then after the match, he he fucking moonsaults off the top of the cage and he cuts the, he's bleeding and he's cutting this baby face promo after dark. This whole thing was just phenomenal. So uh, I loved it. Uh, NXT was a good show, but it didn't light a candle to this show. And it wasn't, there were parts of NXT that were not that good. Uh, but there was definitely some highlights. Way more highlights on the AEW show than on the NXT show. I fucking loved it. What did you guys think? Ooh. Uh, I can't necessarily d- disagree with uh, a lot of the things that you said. Uh, just kind of like 
for me, what from my perspective, uh, the tag match. Well, I'm sorry, not the tag match, but the uh, the battle royale. I thought was done very very good, very well. Poor English. I agree with the eliminations having its own storyline, but then kind of behind the scenes, you have the Dark Order kind of hanging out in the uh, the background or whatever the case may be. I didn't necessarily like the way they're. It feels like they're passing out masks or whatever. Uh, kind of NWO-esque where it's now we don't, we're not looking for the 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 best talented losers or whatever. I'll, I'll say like a Christopher Daniels, not saying he's a loser, but obviously he's lost recently, so he's kind of being targeted. It felt like, you know, anybody that got eliminated, you know, here's a mask for you, here's a mask for you type shit. Um, not necessarily a fan of that. I think if you're going to try to do Dark Order the way you're going to do it, you know, you at least have some fucking standard to it. Um, well, they, they had some momentum with the Dark Order where it was starting to look pretty cool, and now it's completely gone. It's still, they're, well, just, not, they're just treading water. It doesn't make I any th- sense. Well, it's, I think we're treading water until the Exalted One is coming, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to give it a pass until then. I'm, that's just my only the critique about that that's negative, at least that portion not a huge fan of that. Um, love Orange Cassidy. Don't get me wrong. That's just me. If you want to put me on the side, do I like, do I don't like? I love it. I think he's absolute comedy central. Oh, it's yeah. um, it's sports entertainment. And for me to say that I love Orange Cassidy should say a lot because I'm not a huge fan of sports entertainment. But for AEW, he works, okay? Um, Dude, he's so good. He gets the biggest pop. Like next to like Jericho or Cody, but like just like quick pops. Yeah. He gets the biggest one every show. Yeah, because when people see that it's like time for Orange Cassidy to do his thing, they know it's about to be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 fun. Yeah. It's the yeah, fun. Yeah, he's like, comedy, whatever you want to call like, it. He's uh, like AEW's Yano. I know. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Fuck you guys, man. <laughs> but, I was about to say did you and Dog come up with no, there's no way because you don't even talk on, you don't even socialize on Twitter, by the way. So that, I know this is now, I know that's totally random because he said something about that too when I tweeted it last night about how either you like Orange oh, Cassidy no, or you don't. I didn't see that, but. Here's the thing, he is a polarizing I, figure. I agree like with that. me. No, no, totally. He's, he's a polarizing <laughs> figure, but the thing about Orange Cassidy is it's a very smart gimmick, but it's not because he's not talented because there is a very talented luchador style worker underneath that gimmick Agreed. and i think when he breaks it out yeah it's on. people are gonna lose their yeah. fucking, fucking minds it's I gonna agree. be nuts i agree totally yes. that's just it's, it's they're gonna playing be it right interesting to see how they book orange cassidy when it is time for him to have you know a feud um a, a program yeah i was gonna say you see something that's getting ready to happen with him and the bunny at least because it's the first time where, you know, the bunny actually took down Orange Cassidy. You saw him have, like, emotion where he's like, oh, my God, you know, I just got kicked in the balls. I'm like, okay, you know, something's going to happen there. God bless the butcher, but this is what I was talking about, you know, leading up to this. This was, like, the first time he really got to have his own little moment in the Battle Royal. Good or bad, whether you liked it or not, like I said, that's the heavy of the group. Outside of that, Battle Royal, fine for me. The women's match was just a little weird because it's face versus face. I don't think a lot of people know who Shanna is. I really don't know who Shanna is, so I'll, I'll speak 
you know, honestly and intelligently on that. All I know is for what AEW shows me. So basically I knew how this story was going to end. It's just now how we're going to take Statlander towards Naga Rose, which we came out to for that segment. I thought it was a decent promo, not great. Um, There's some work to be done there, but I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It's just, you know, it wasn't as good as it could have been. I think with Swole coming in, Statlander coming in, it kind of, you know, gave her a chance to, you know, be in her natural element. No problem there. Moxley, John Cobb, better than the G1. Way better than the G1. This was actually a, a really good match. You know what I'm saying? Um, the finish was the finish. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It's not necessarily – it's not a distraction finish, but it's better than, you know, than that. So I'll give it that. Inner Circle comes in. You know, that's to be expected. I agree totally with what you're saying with uh, Darby Allen. That shit, it, it, the lights cut down, and then they cut down again a second time. So the, the crowd really was popped in with anticipation. Darby Allen comes in, takes out everybody, and then he has the cards after the fact, a la Sammy Guevara. Yeah, steal, Perfect. steal Sammy's gimmick. Gimmick on top of that. He said more with that than he's ever said coming in to AEW. The rest I thought was was done well. Cody, when I saw I saw the fucking cage, and I was like, you know, man, that looks awfully high for a cage. Yeah, that was a high move. When they were starting to come in, I was like, this motherfucker's going to jump off the fucking cage. Watch, that's going to be on the AEW Open next week. I, the, the promo afterwards, it, this is why Cody's Cody, early candidate for promo of the year in February, it's... AEW just hits the mark when it's time to hit the mark. I'm not saying it's perfect because nothing is perfect, but for me, it resonates for me. No, it's good, and it's just getting better. Like, it's it's gotten – it's just getting better. Like, they're patiently telling stories. I, I anticipate the next week. Yeah, and I know what's going to happen next week. Like, I know matches, like, that are going to happen weeks down the road. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I mean, NXT also does a pretty good job of that. Less so since they've been on in than USA because they were were doing like four at a time, so it was easy for them. Right. And they knew what they were going to do because they had already done it. Yeah, but the dream, Roderick Strong, like we knew that was coming this week, for example. Yeah, we knew that that Leo Rush was fighting Devlin coming up this week. Uh, But, like, I mean, like you guys were saying, AEW put on a blockbuster of a show this week. The tag title match was off the chain. The tag title match was unreal. And then after the fact, now you have strife within the elite. What is Kenny Omega going to do? They pulling on this dude. I'm like, damn, y'all pulling on this man. Playing literal tug of war with Omega. Really? You pulling on this dude? Kenny getting ready to snap. Somebody was like, what do you think if Kenny Omega goes here? I was like, That looked like I, me when I used to go over to Stevens College when I was at Mizzou. I used to go over to the all-girls college. They'd be pulling me one way, pulling me the other way. You know what I mean? I hate that God shit. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. I was about to say, Kenny Omega going heel in that scenario is actually a little intriguing. I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, I still think it's going to be Hangman that actually flips heel and you know and snaps on everybody. But, I mean, I, in that scenario, I could see him be like, you know what? Fuck this. You guys are pulling me from, you know, one side to the other. I don't want to be tag team partners with you. I don't want to be the elite with you. I'm going to do my own thing. It looks more like the elite's going to turn heel as a whole and Hangman Page is going to stay as a babyface because he's the one playing to the crowd. He's the one drinking the guys in the front rows beers and stuff. I mean, alcoholism shouldn't be something to celebrate unless it's, you know, kayfabe. 
<laughs> K-Fabe style. K-Fabe style. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to add on the plus side of AEW this week. I am going to push back a little on the, the Darby Allen love. Just let's <laughs> Jesus, just, come on. Can we, just, can we just pump the brakes a little bit on this? I mean. <sighs> come on, man. What are you, you going to do after this? You're going to go. Like, leave the house and tell kids there's no Santa? <laughs> I'm just saying. A fucking buzzkill. I'm just saying. If the, uh... Hey, hey Johnny. Santa's not here. You guys, kill, you guys kill my buzz all the time. And, it, by the way, it's Easter Bunny this time of year. That's, okay, who, I, that's who I go around telling. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. Like, he comes out in this... Like, the lights go out, and AEW loves the lights going out. But the lights come out. He comes up with half his face painted. He looks like Jesse Pinkman. And he's going to stand there and soak in all the love while those guys are getting their asses kicked? Get your ass down there and fight somebody, man. And then the skateboarding down is just, I, I know you guys think that's cool. That is, it's just, it's not cool. It's not even that I think it's cool. I just, I, and it's not that I just think it's cool and I think it's okay, but I like that, like, kids and stuff think it's super cool like they're fucking into it and like the little kids got their faces painted like darby allen like i know dexter if he watched AEW, would love darby allen and we need a new generation of wrestling fans if we're going to be crotchety fucking 50 year olds we need this fucking shit to thrive because all the fucking attitude era guys are going to die real soon they're going to stop spending money so we need people with disposable income that can yeah, keep, but that, keep our dream that's alive. not really why you like okay. it. It's because you think he's pretty cool. Okay. I also think he's cool. Okay, listen, so. Why, listen, instead of just skateboarding straight down, okay, why not put like a rail up and have him rail slide down and then kick flip off the rail? You know how hard skateboarding is? <laughs> I know that Darby Allen used to be a pro skateboarder, Yeah, though. but like he's still got to do it like a whole bunch. Like whenever they show him on camera doing it, like he failed like 15 times and then he got it. <laughs> like, it's all edited. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, that's probably about right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, then leave the skateboard at home. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> see, you ain't shit. So here's my question. Fucking rail slide in the kickflip, man. How hard can it be? Okay, so here's my question. Did you have a problem with I'm Velveteen Dreams be, by the way. return? I hated it. Uh, uh, no, I mean, you, the, the, lights came, the lights went out. NXT uses that trick a lot less than the AEW does. I mean, it's still ba- lot, it's still lot. basically the same thing. I mean, how long has Darby Allen been gone? 2 weeks. 2 weeks and they turn the they turn the entire it's just they just do it all the time, man. The nuts and bolts of this bill is basically the same thing. I'm not going to begrudge the man because he's over. I know he's over and I like him in ring. Like I like him a lot in ring. If you have a problem with one, you should have a problem with the other. I'm just no. talking about entrances alone. I'm not talking about, you know, Velveteen Dream obviously being gone a long time. No. I'll give you that. That was a return, though. They okay, that's aver- what I'm saying. They even, they even teased the return several weeks out with the three eyes going forward. It's not, the, it's not the same thing at all. It's not the same thing at all. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, can I just give a little pushback? Look, I'm you not- guys give me pushback on everything. I was just getting ready to say, just I was going to allow, allow, on the 120 pound this, wrestler that you guys are in love with that paints his face. I was going to allow this to slide and, and be the bigger man. And now you see, it, it's like I'm walking away. You pushing me away from him. I'm just like, okay, man. No, I'm you pulling keep- you back. <laughs> get, get the fuck back here. I ain't done yet. I ain't fucking done yet. I, I'm not saying, this sounds real bad. It's like I, a bad episode of Eyes up in here. <laughs> I, uh, I will say 
the Velveteen Dream stuff uh, sucked. Yeah, can we? Are we going to NXT? Yeah, I mean, we can talk NXT. Like, I hated it. Like, you've got yeah, because you weren't here uh, last week. Go ahead. No, yeah, you got Dream is supposed to be a face doing Thank you. doing fucking. 1980s Rick Rude, who's a huge super heel. Agreed. And you have Roderick Strong, who's supposed to be a heel, who I feel sympathy for as a baby face. I couldn't agree more. Because this motherfucker has his wife and kids mm. on his tights and shit. Right. Like, what the fuck? That's heel shit. I, the, honestly, match w- the match was wrestled as heel versus face, but the revo- roles were reversed. Yeah. Right. Dream was, is like ducking out. The, yeah, Dream is ducking out of the ring. You know, blowing kisses or whatever. It should be the other way around. Around Dream should be coming back when trying to kill Roddy for throwing me off this fucking uh, truck or whatever the fuck it was. I mean, I love both guys. Yeah, but this is all fucked up. They have done this angle. So jacked up, and it's it, not it doesn't even fault. make sense. It's not the guy's fault. It's no, cr- it's, it's creative, creative on it this is, one. It's so strange that this is the way they decide to tell the story instead of Dream coming. I mean, because Dream is somebody that's hard to fuck up. I mean, uh, uh, he's full, got so much charisma. Full Sail loves him. You know, he was gone forever, so come back as the conquer and babyface hero that that once is just desserts. You know, I can't get the North American title, but I can get the the but NXT title. You can get his revenge on Roddy Strong, and still they ha- and until and, and instead they have him do this like Zach said, really weird Rick Rude heel stuff. And you're great, right, great. Like, that's a great fucking like. Analogy. Why great why analogy. would you have like once Velveteen Dream uh, airbrushes? Roderick Strong's kid on his tights. That's it, man. Yep. You're the heel. <laughs> yeah. You can't bring the kids into it. Okay. You're the heel. I might allow you to let the wife slide. Might. Now you just really man, just went over the, only, the only way you can let the wife slide, though, is if she's in kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. If she's also, like, a heel. Right. Yeah, but she's not. Right. She's, she's not. She's it's a, not like she's Karen Jarrett. Yeah. Uh-oh. You know, <laughs> dude. But Karen Jarrett was storyline. She was she was a heel. Yeah, you know? see Dream on Twitter too. Dream said Roddy's not a real man because he couldn't even get his wife to take his last name. Jesus dude, Christ. that is fucking heel shit. Okay. I heard he was making deep fake porn with Roddy with Roddy Strong's wife. You got, you got a link? <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of you. Shit, especially talk about you got a link. Hit me up with that link. <laughs> uh, hey, so, Richard Linklater. <laughs> hey, Richard, I'll give you that link later. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Ah, it's not hot. <laughs> um, some other stuff. It looks like uh, with uh, the NXT tag division kind of thinning out that they brought grizzled young veterans over. It looks like they're over full time from UK, which, I mean, makes sense. Uh, I suppose they went over James Drake and Joaquin. What's his face? No, there's a um, Raul Mendoza and no, no. Trust me, James Drake That's is wrong. part of Grizzled yeah. Young Veterans, man. I mean, don't don't yeah. don't. Oh be, wait, yeah, no, I did. I wrote it, I wrote, wrote it down wrong. Okay. Raul Mendoza and the former DJ Z, Z Joaquin Wild Wilder. He just won an Oscar for Joker. Oh, no, just wild. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> that's re- apparently, the movie's really good. I still haven't seen it yet. It's so actually okay. not. <laughs> See, I need to watch That's that another shit. thing that Bill and I could argue about. Mm-mm. For a long time. Um, I will say real quick, 
Uh, it does a very good job of seeming like a much deeper film than it is. So I think a lot of dumb people think it's much better than it is, but it's still a good film. Yeah, it's like what dumb people think a smart movie looks like. Yes, it is that. Yeah. Okay, so for everybody that is now pissed off about that, notice I didn't say a word. Okay. I, still, I, I still love the movie. I, I saw it twice in 48 hours. Oh, my God. In the theater. Jeez Louise. Damn, you need that promotion, man. You spending money like that? <laughs> uh, Jordan Devlin versus Leo Rush was 15-minute match. That was really good, but it was also... Nobody there, gave a fuck. Nobody cares about Leo Rush because he's... Heel baby face, heel baby face, and nobody knows Jordan Devlin. Devlin. That's even though why he's I think, that's fucking why I think, awesome. The reason I didn't like it very much was because there were two commercial breaks. It just it's hard to get super into a match when you just have commercial break after commercial break. No, I, I, I can I can totally understand that. I can agree with that. I just I agree with Zach on this one. I think I don't even think it's Leo Rush flipping between heel and face and in full sail. That's that's a good place for him to be. They'll get behind him. I just don't think that people know who Jordan Devlin is, and I think that's more of the bigger issue. So it is what it is. Um, that's, you know, people don't watch NXT UK. And I don't – I mean, I, I watch it because I like it, but I like British strong-style wrestling, and that's basically what that is. Yeah, if, if they watched OTT or yeah, that, Progress, like, okay. you would love Jordan Devlin. Okay, and that's where – you know, it separates me as being a hardcore wrestling fan versus those who just, and this is no disrespect to those who just watch WWE and WWE alone or WWE and AEW. Great shows. Watch that shit. Knock yourself out. But then I take it one step further and then take a step further after that. So I know who Jordan Devlin is. So I'm excited to see him in this role. I totally understand those who don't know who Jordan Devlin is and don't give a fuck about Jordan Devlin because they just don't know. It is what it is. By the way, we're just we just watched uh, the Broserweights win the title and take over the tag team titles, and I will say that I popped pretty hard whenever uh, Matt Riddle on NXT this week said that uh, <laughs> he partied hard and Pete partied hard. But the cup partied so hard that it failed the wellness policy and suspended for 30 days. It's a thing. He's like, it's a thing thing here. Which I'm wondering if that was scripted or if he just went into business for himself. Because, like, that is so fucking Matt Riddle. I just don't think there's any... I don't think there's any put on with Matt Riddle at all. I think that's just who he, he is. is man. Yeah. No, that's that's who he is, and I don't think he would survive in a scripted like environment. Friend of the show, Kurt Stallion would be someone we should ask about that. Yeah, because they hang. They out. literally hang. Um, speaking of Matt Riddle, because I don't want to forget this. Did you guys see? I mean, his dick you, on the internet. Yeah. No. Do you oh. think that? <laughs> I can't believe that's. He googled. He tweeted one day. He said, "Don't Google my dick, bro." So of course, I googled <laughs> Riddle's dick, and then there it is. It's funny. That's anyway. great. Did you see Randy Orton's tweet after uh, after they won? After the Broserweights won? Oh yeah. And he said, "I now I get it." And fuck off. Yeah, he says he's like I didn't get it, or he's like I didn't like you before, but now I get it. Fuck, but still fuck off. So and Pete Dunn replied, RK bro. Pete Dunn said that? Pete Dunn said, RK bro. So. Interesting. Is that Randy Orton saying that he liked the match or didn't like the match? I think it was that he finally understands Matt Riddle and he really liked it. I think I think it was a. A begrudging. I'm gonna, a begrudging. Yeah, you're, you're cool, man. Yeah, but still fuck you. Yeah, but fuck you. I'm Randy Orton and you're whatever. Yeah, that Matt, Matt Riddle, he just. 
he just really uh he really irks those he really gets it he really gets his jollies fucking irking those old timers. Oh, he's, oh, he's yeah. definitely yeah. poking yeah. the hornet's nest with that. He um, is new school to the max. Yeah, and if I just said it, get, it, it, gets his jollies, man. I have not <laughs> used that phrase I don't know, since the nineties, since dude, the Clinton administration. Pulling your back has really fucked you up. What's it wrong is, with you? Uh, well, I told you I'm on drugs, man. Take a file for social Damn. security. Oh no shit. Got my AARP card. Uh something else. Ah, it's not hot. <laughs> you ain't shit. Um well, something else I was going to Playing talk that about. drop every time somebody tells a joke that doesn't work is probably the best way to use that drop, though, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Oh, something else, something else, something else. Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say, because the story behind him and Lesnar having heat at the Royal Rumble was Lesnar said, hey, you know, because Riddle's got that shirt that says retire Lesnar. And Lesnar's like, hey, me and you are never going to have a match. So please keep my name out of your mouth. Stop using my name to make your money. And he also, Riddle has no problem going after Goldberg, too. Yeah, he doesn't like Goldberg at all. He has, like, no respect for him. He shouldn't. Because, like, Goldberg's Goldberg's original gimmick was that he was an MMA guy, but he was never an MMA guy, and Matt Riddle's a legit MMA guy. So, and he just he just fucking doesn't like Goldberg. Allow me to just put that out there again, because I'm wanting to speak it into existence. I hope fucking Goldberg beats Bray Wyatt on Thursday. Man, he might. I, uh, I think it could happen the more by the I, way the more i think about it the more i think and when you think about how he's popping those ratings mm-hmm. you could segue <laughs> into, the, into the three count off of this but mm-hmm. dude i cannot think of a worse styles clash than goldberg and bray wyatt you have a dude who just runs through everybody with a dude who doesn't sell anything like there is not a worse match that you could have made and on that note big out All right, so AEW and WWE speaking, it looks like we're going to go from the best show of the week to the worst show of the week. <laughs> we're going to go AEW Dynamite, <laughs> number one, NXT, number two. Now we're going to talk about Raw. Now, Raw had some high points. I mean, Raw's probably, if Raw was a two-hour show, Raw would have been good. <sighs> RKO. I, just, I think they wanted to- Go ahead, go ahead. The aforementioned Randy Orton uh, destroyed Matt Hardy again, Woo! which was really fun. They they but they've had two segments in a row. I guess they popped that ring, so they decided to have another run at it. Alistair Black and Rowan had a decent match. No, no, that was more than decent. That was for Eric Rowan. That that at least puts him, you know. Where you know it's not even worried about you know what's in the cage, what's in the cage. Right. You can see he has some talent. Now, how you book that from that point on, I don't know how the fuck you want to do that. But at, at least that wasn't – when I saw this, my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, this is getting ready to be a squash. And that turned out to be a really, really good match. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so, I mean, it's not, like, decent. It was – for Eric Rowan, it was probably his best match that's not named Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, probably – well, I think what stood out to me the most is that McIntyre as a babyface is over. O V E R. The it's working. The yeah, it is working. Uh, MVP's out there doing the, the job for him. The Quaymore count has, you know, there is the gimmick. Yeah, you know, so 
at WrestleMania. I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to count down to where Brock Lesnar loses, but unfortunately for you, this is going to be maybe a kickout finish or he might just whiff in general. But that Claymore count will is going to gather momentum all the way to WrestleMania, and in that match, somehow, some way, it's going to come into play. Absolutely. He's got the crowd behind him. He's got the crowd pointing to the WrestleMania sign with him. Heyman's out there doing a great job putting it over. Yeah, that's you know, in, we're going to need a little sprinkle of Heyman and Brock. Brock's going to be there next Monday night. You have Paul Paul Heyman there uh, this Monday night. You're going oh, to need shit. a little. Zach just skateboarded down the stairs. See, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he too fat to be skating down the stairs. Well, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Speaking of heel shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, it's working. McIntyre is over, man. And he's over as a baby face, and... Yeah, it's like a baby face that doesn't take shit from anybody. He's, yeah. like, the best kind of part of, like, Stone Cold, you know, without the humor. He's right. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm a baby face, but fuck you. No, right. No, no, he, he sprinks a little humor in there. The sexy Scotman, Scotsman is not necessarily supposed to be threatening. Uh, Ricochet went over Carl Anderson, whatever. Uh, Garza and Lashley versus Umberto, Carrillo, and Rusev was a lot of fun also. Just because Garza and Carrillo can flat out go. Rusev, I, you know you know how I feel about Rusev. I wish he was doing more, but at doing least. that dude dirty again. Nah, at least he's on TV every week, though. I, I mean, there are guys that aren't no, on TV no, ever. That, look, if that's, if that's the way you you want to rationalize it, so be it. I, if that, I bet that's the way he rationalizes no, and, and, and it. No, and he, he has to. No, okay, there you go. It. I mean. Yeah, that dude it, collects for, a pretty good paycheck and yeah, bangs Lana. For, yeah, for me, could I, be I worse. It, yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> I just wanted more. And I collect just, a not a very good paycheck and don't bang Lana. Mm-hmm, so, so it is what it let's is. Let's talk about my problem. <laughs> <laughs> say, what about me? So I actually watched. What about Raven? I actually watched uh, SmackDown this week. Look at you. Uh, which I don't think I've – I really haven't done since – We're not going to even talk about the main event? So you didn't work this weekend then? You're usually at work. No, it, watch it was, it at work? I watched it Sunday while I was here by myself for a little while. Oh. Um, uh, the main event uh, – yeah, we can talk about that. KO and the Viking Raiders versus AOP and Murphy. Uh, I mean, it went pretty much the way that we thought it was going to go. They started beating down the baby faces. Street Profits came down, so the Street Profits have now entered that – which at least they threw a new wrinkle in it to be because that was about four straight weeks of the same. Well, Joe was off. Oh, you know, I mean, they had to do something. I mean, what the fuck? That fucking angle is tired. Brutal. Brutal. Okay. I mean, Zach saying it's tired, and Zach doesn't even watch Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I read it. I keep reading the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, That's man, basically it's, it. It's, the Street Profits added to it is is something. I mean, but it's just we just took Joe out and added the Street Profits in. If there's something that's I'm saying that's kind of bad about Raw, I won't even say it's kind of bad. This is the bad part about Raw. At least the the one big standout ward on your face problem with Raw. Where is this going? I mean, damn. Okay. No if, offense to people with warts on their faces. Look. At BFRJCB, hammer me if you need yeah, to. Yeah, let them have it. Yeah, DM those warts. <laughs> but it just it feels just a bunch like bunch of wart pictures in your inbox. Sorry, it, I'll stop. No, you're fine. But ultimately, it feels like this is just going nowhere. If this was going to be this way, then why have the tag team 
championship on Murphy and Seth Rollins. Have Seth Rollins be the true Monday Night Messiah. If you're going to be that dude, you should be talking about Brock Lesnar. Unfortunately, they blew that you know ship up three, four times last year alone, so you can't go down that route. So, well, we don't need him to. I mean, Seth Rollins, I mean, he, he beat Brock Lesnar twice. For this storyline, I get it. Year. No, for this storyline, it makes sense. Yes. But if you're going to be that dude on the lone faction, heel faction of the show, well, I shouldn't say that. The OC is around, but AJ's getting ready to go against Undertaker, it looks like. So I guess that's takes him out of the running for Brock Lesnar. Yeah, is that AJ? Let's save that for odds and ends because I, I do want to have a talk about that. Um, this is banned from ringside. Smackdown time. Oh, shit. So I watched SmackDown, and I can say with certainty, I used to say, you know, I don't know who this is for. Now I'm saying this shit is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the birds. It is. It is. Oh, man. <laughs> it's not hot. <laughs> um, it start, the first 38 minutes of this show was a moment of bliss with Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, uh, Carmella, Bailey came out, Naomi, Bailey and or Bailey and Carmella have a match. Bailey retains, and then there's another commercial break. Bailey cuts a backstage promo. That's the first 38 minutes of the show. This is on network television. One match between Carmella and Bailey. Now Bailey's a Bailey's a great wrestler. Carmella's fine, but come on, 15 minutes. Uh, Sheamus comes out and in the handicap match squashes Gable and Apollo Crews. Then you have old racist Hulk Hogan come in, do a pre-tape thing that they lied about, said it was live, and then Wyatt and him had a had a stilted little back and forth that was, I mean, Wyatt's good, but come on, Hogan. You think that was pre-taped? I think it was pre-taped and Wyatt was live, yeah. Because okay. it looked like Hogan. It, it was just so I, weird. I don't care. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> then, you have another, then you have another sports entertainment segment with Sami Zayn with Amanda Lynn and Cesaro against Elias and Braun Strowman. Not a match, just a fucking dumbass segment. Naomi cuts a backstage promo. They have the Valentine's Day segment with Otis and Mandy Rose where Otis gets his heart broken uh, because she's sitting there with Dolph Ziggler. This is after they built up the entire SmackDown episode that they were going to show the Valentine's Day date between Otis and Mandy Rose. That is, I mean, that is like, I just, I'm embarrassed it, that I said that out loud. No, it's it's their one of their biggest storylines. Right I do now, like so. the Otis storyline because I love Otis. I love him so much. There you go. I tell you what, they have such a... So you love Otis and you love Darby Allen. Yeah. Check. Okay. Got it. <laughs> they have such a Darth. That's a word, right? Darth. D- D- I don't know how to pronounce it's dearth. it. Darth. Darth. That's it. It's D E A. Darth. D E A R T. They have such a dearth of baby faces. Like, yes. throw the fucking belt on Otis and just watch him fucking fly. That dude would just jiggle and shake, and fucking people would buy steak and weights t shirts, and he'd be banging Mandy Rose. I mean,. Dude, this would work. Cold-blooded. <laughs> that is not what I meant to do. I was like, that's not appropriate at all. <laughs> I was trying to do he's heating up. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, I am heating up thinking about Otis. That dude's amazing. Like, 
He's got natural charisma. He's a shooter. He's a fucking goddamn wrestling, like, god high school talent, like, amateur wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's got it all. He's got everything. Tell me one thing Otis doesn't have besides the ability to see his own dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the ability to tie his own shoes. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. He's got it all. I mean, really? I mean this I, is happening? Yeah, I don't. This is happening? Yeah, I, like, do, 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 do you want this one? Goldberg versus Otis? Yes. I think, I mean, Otis versus Cena at WrestleMania? Yeah. Uh, and then they ended the show with Miz and Morrison versus Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin, Back bullshit. Back to the boring stuff. Yeah, I know. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off from the Otis stuff. <laughs> no, Just, I, I didn't mean to stop you from playing your whatever game you're playing on your Android. I right have to there. spend all my energy, and it's not an Android, it's an iPhone, and I act like I'm poor. <laughs> You have to spend all your energy, your phone energy? No, not the phone energy, the game energy. If I don't use it, I lose it, you know. I have, No, I don't know. I don't know what you're games. talking about. Well, he's not a gamer whatsoever. Uh, so I'm just saying, I mean, there were, I mean, when I read that out loud, there were three matches. One was a throwaway tag match at the end. One was uh, Sheamus squashing two really talented young guys. And one was Bailey versus Carmella. That's two hours on network television. That they're paying billions of dollars for. I know, man. And and like like Zach was saying when like Zach was saying when you're watching Fox and they're showing football games, like when they're like SmackDown on Friday night, they're showing The Rock and they're showing Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're showing all the stars. And then when you and then you turn it on and you're watching some guy do a Mr. Rogers thing, and every once in a while he wears a freaky mask. It's like the Wish version of the ac- item item that you actually get. Like you order something from Wish, and you see it on the picture, and it is nothing like <laughs> the picture. It's exactly what SmackDown's like. Right, or like a Taco Bell commercial when you're like, I've never gotten Taco Bell that looks oh, no, like that. There no. hasn't been anyone that's extorted money from someone to do so much money to do some some horrible shit since like Halliburton. That's how bad <laughs> SmackDown That's is. That's brutal. Ah! It's not hot! <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. I don't even know if I want to come in. And, no, it's, as long as we go be the heel stable right now, let me get my kick in, too. Go ahead. Okay, so I thought at the, the opening segment I didn't think was that bad. It sets up the Carmella Bailey match that we knew that was going to happen. The match itself was fine. Okay. Bailey wins again. No problem. We kind of expected that anyway. My problem starts with the crying after the fact. Okay. Carmella loses. Yeah, her feet were on the rope, but guess what? You lost. You can't be running around. I demand a rematch. Who the fuck are you? You're fucking Carmella, don't act like you're Charlotte or fucking Sasha Banks or any of the other four horsewomen. You're fucking Carmella. The last time I checked, you're fucking running around with R-Truth with the fucking 24-7 title. Don't act like we owe you shit. And we all know you're fucking Corey Graves. That's irrelevant of the point, but yeah, we could throw that there too. The best, your claim to fame, your claim to fame (laughs) at this point is that A, you're fucking Corey Graves, B, that you are the first women's Money in the Bank winner, and you won the title, but nobody really remembers that That's because your title reign wasn't shit. So now we can go on to Hulk Hogan. Nah, let's not. <laughs> Moving along from there, you have what? This, the bullshit at, match at the end. My only problem with that is here's Baron Corbin. We just see this shit. 
Baron Corbin is not a fucking top heel, and the fact that you try to make him as such is round peg square hole. It just does that. not. It doesn't work. I'll stay out of your way, though. A top heel actually goes over at some point. I'll give you the king of the ring. But he gets his come up in so much, it doesn't even feel like he's a top heel. The last time I checked, he's throwing a motherfucking guy off the fucking production truck, some random ass production trucks, so he because he ate dog food. The dude ate dog food, man. Well, I shouldn't ate dog food, covered with dog food, whatever the case may be. How many times have you seen Baron Corbin taking the L? For something that he had, the, his best claim to fame is King of the Ring. He took L's before that, during that, and after the fact. That dude is not a top heel. What a top heel does Cold is he, blood. he needles your ass to the point where then finally, where he gets his come up, is everybody's like, fucking A, he finally got his. Barry, you don't wish Barry Corman to get beat up. Barry Corman gets beat up all the fucking time. When he actually wins, it's like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? You know, he won King of the Ring, you bullshitting. The only reason he won it is because you can keep the heat on him. Stevie Wonder can see it. Helen Keller can fucking hear it. The Rock can fucking smell it. I mean, it's just not that <laughs> goddamn difficult. <laughs> I love how you said that somebody who can't see can see it. Somebody who can't hear can hear it. But The Rock, who's really good at smelling. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's oh, going to do it for our three count. <laughs> Man, my dog was staring at you like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here, man? Sorry, Reeves. Uh, just a couple odds and ends, and really it's just two questions I have. Um, unless there was anything else pressing that you guys wanted to talk about. Uh, how yeah. many people do you think discovered a new fetish when they saw Corbin covered in that dog food? <laughs> Gross. I mean, I mean, were... there's two million people watching, so like Gross, statistically. Dude, stop. Dude. Four. I mean, I wasn't one of them. Four or five. You know, I said on, I said on, I put on Twitter the other day uh, on my non-wrestling one. I was like, how many times in the history of the world do you think that two dogs have had sex missionary style? <laughs> <laughs> do you think they call it people style? No shit. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. A quick uh, YouTube search quickly put that to rest. <laughs> the answer is a whole bunch. <laughs> I would have never have guessed. You two's getting the look tonight. Um, but, yeah, I'd say probably, out of the two million people that watch it, probably four. Gross. I'd say at least four. I mean, you said you want to get little kids into it. I mean, little kids Come are very on, man. Come on. We need, like, a remix of him being covered in dog food with, like, that song, like, I'm a scat man. Some 30-year-old in the year 2040, and they're, like, trying to trace back, like, where he gets his weird-ass fetish from. It's like, Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns. Okay, I'll say it did it for me then. You know, hey, we're sex positive, too. If any of you guys are into having dog food on you. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman turned a lot of people Belong to BDSM that did not realize that they were into that. So, uh, are we really going to get AJ Styles versus Undertaker at WrestleMania? I think that's the plan. Undertaker apparently is calling AJ Styles the modern day Shawn Michaels. Yes, it's exactly what it reminds me of. If, yeah, good old Christian boy. If there's well, you can go that route too. But if there's anybody that could sell Mom for Taker at this point, it yeah. would be AJ. Uh, and what are so Cena's coming back in a couple weeks. What do you think 
Cena's WrestleMania assignment will be. Have you heard anything? No. I've heard, heard, heard. I've heard some. It's rumblings. worse than you think. I've heard some rumblings. I'll let you go first. What? He's going to be the host? No, it's worse than that. No, he it's has a, a match. It's a match. He has a match. Hold on. What's the worst Cena match that you could think of? It's this that. should be good. The worst Cena match that I can think of. That's you can take like three guesses. Yeah, three guesses. You can take three guesses, and it's it's a it's non-intergender. I mean, he wrestles now. Yes. Yeah. He's a current currently on the roster. Current currently WWE on the roster. roster. He was on SmackDown slash Raw. Um, I know once you guys say it, I'm gonna be really really mad. The, the, see, I want to get it right. Just tell me. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know who I, I, I've heard. Uh, it's Elias. Okay. Oh. Uh, They've done this before. Yeah, haven't they? I was going to say, haven't they done that? Yep. I mean, it's do, not going to be a they're match. They're doing it again. It, it's just going to. He's just going to. Last Elias. time they didn't do a match. Last time it was like a music, like a rap. Something like that. Something. Yeah. Whatever. But apparently he's, he's wrestling and he's going to wrestle Elias. Which in an actual like match. In I an mean, Elias match. doesn't even fight actual matches, though. I know. No, he, they, they had that. Uh, they, they had the tag team match on Friday. Okay. What are the chances that Tina puts him over? I figure that's like not happening. Yeah, of course it's not happening. Wow. Okay. Cause, so cause they're they're in their mind just putting him in the ring with Cena as the rub, and that's not the right way to think. But that's the way that Vince thinks. Sometimes it's they the right way to me. think. Okay, and maybe that's, when it's, it's Elias. In, in certain spots, I agreed. Just Keith Lee, great example. Standing him next to Brock Lesnar, you can really get a true appreciation of how big Keith Lee is. Even Brock was like, oh, you know, you can see him out. Oh, yeah, he's a big boy. So that, to me, right there was the rub. You knew that Keith Lee wasn't eliminating Brock Lesnar. This was as good as it was going to get. That is constitutes as a rub not the rub that i personally like but i think we can all agree that that constitutes as the rub now for me sometimes you got to take it one step further because just meeting ain't enough the win to me sometimes is the is the rub as well i mean i can what would really be cool would be Cena versus Biggie because I know that they're boys. I know that they're workout partners and stuff like that. And Biggie is somebody who really should be. They need to get on this singles push for Biggie sometime in the okay. near future. And it, what better way to catapult him into a singles push than have him go over Cena at WrestleMania? Exactly. That's when I. That's where I think winning the match is more important than just having them oh, in I mean, the if, ring. I mean, but I, I'm more serious about Biggie Langston as a single star than I am about Elias, though. <sighs> I can think of – I can. I mean, I also – people were – there were rumors going around that it was going to be Cena Dream. That would also be cool. You know, Cena Keith Lee would be cool. Put They got to put somebody over. I'll say this. Something it, weird about those three guys that makes me think they're not going to go over Cena, though. I can't really – what do those three guys have in common? Hey, shit. That's my line, you miserable bastard. Which should be my joke. Um, I'll just say this. If it's any of those three, Cena should should just be be the one that's taking the, 
the pinfall on this Absolutely. One. Um, it makes sense just for the fact that he is under contract. WrestleMania is coming up. It's an easy one-day payday. His movie should be in circulation at that point. It all makes sense. So it makes sense that he's going to at least be at WrestleMania. The rumor is it's going to be Elias. I mean, not unless you have no... The only reason that Elias doesn't go over is because you really don't have a plan for him or you believe the rub with John Cena being in the ring is enough to elevate him to the next level. Outside of that, there's no reason in the world that Elias shouldn't win. This is banned from ringside. All right, we're going to get to some birthdays unless Zach has any more fetish hypotheticals they'd like to throw at us. Actually, (laughs) no, it's not fetish hypothetical, but just on a quick side note, because NWA power wasn't on uh, Tuesday nights as it usually is on. I don't know if either you guys watched that new the, show. This the the uh, Circle Squared was on it and it's uh it's the same spot. It was like thirty minutes shorter. It was like a half hour. It's like tough enough version. Well, NWA's version of uh, tough enough. I saw it. In my really fucking good. It popped up, but I didn't watch it's it. It's really fucking. What's it called? Good. Circle Squared. The Circle Squared. That's a good name. Yeah. It's really fucking good. It's 30 minutes. It it was done before you know it, and I was mad it wasn't 30 minutes more because you could have really made this an hour episode of, you know, who's going to get the contract. If you get a chance, check it out. Cool. Do you actually have another fetish thing to bring up, or were you just joking? <laughs> uh, I've got lots, but we got lots of podcasts coming up. And actually, it's episode 143, so what, episode 144? Uh, so that's gross. So I need to do that next time. Because 144 is a gross? Yep, that's a, another bad joke. You want to press the button? Yeah, that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hot! That would, okay. okay, I was about to say, Jobby Hurley went over your head? That shit went over my head. Uh, By the way, Jobby Hurley, I fucking love that shit. I hate fucking Duke. And he, that dude, Jobby Hurley, big reason why I couldn't stand his ass. Him you don't and like Leitner. John Wayne? No, him and Leitner? Oh, Birth, oh. Birthdays this week. Carlito is 41. Nakamura is 40. He's still alive? Brodus Clay. <laughs> my biggest my biggest swing and miss ever at predictions of who's going to be a star that everybody doesn't let me live down. It's 47. Jason always laughs way too hard at it. Uh, no, no, this is way before. Wait, side note for 30 seconds. This is way before the podcast. There was before podcast was even thought about. Yeah, this is before podcasts but, were even thought about. Okay, this is a, the inside joke is Bill and I are at, you know, the bar that he works at, and we're having a Brodus Clay discussion. Don't ask me why. But this joker over here is like, well, Brodus Clay is going to be world champion here soon. I'm like, man, ain't no Dude, way. That promo that he cut in NXT after he lost to Fandango when NXT was still a competition show, he cut a promo about about how he was going to kill everybody's idols. It was a, just a destructive promo, and now he's on Fox News. <laughs> uh, Corey Graves is 36. Sean O'Hare, uh, RIP? Uh, I think Sean O'Hare's. I'm, no I'm not going to say that. <laughs> if not he's not, hey, happy him. birthday, Sean. <laughs> uh, he's probably listening right now. Mar- Maria Canellis is 38. Who? <sighs> Stop. She just had another baby. Let her, Rick, let her, let her breathe. Means to get bit. the ass get fatter. <laughs> Rick Flair is Woo! 71. And Pentagon Jr., I didn't write down 
what birthday this is for him. Um, He's not afraid of numbers, though. Oh, it's zero fear, actually. Hey, we know there's a ton of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. For F&B Eatery, check. For Murray the Man Murray, hey, check out Murray's check. podcast, BFR Getting Over. For Jason Cornelius Bell, for Zach Pullman, for Vice, for me, Bill Vague. This has been Man from Ringside. Ooh, I forgot to read the uh, points from last week. I had a perfect week last week. Predictions-wise, you guys both had five. Murray had four. Oof. Boo the heels. Boo. Boo that shit. (laughs) 